Hey everybody, welcome to the River Valley Podcast. My name is Kirk and I'm here with Logan. What's up? On site at 2023 Assemblies of God General Council. Yeah, we're here in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, which is awesome. This is something that happens uh, every other year. And if you're a part of our church and you go, I have no clue what that is or what that's about. We, as River Valley Church, we are an Assemblies of God church. We're part of the, part of the AG, which goes back, what is it, 100 years? Just over yeah, 100 like years? Yeah, like 110 maybe now. Started out of the Azusa Street Revival, yep. and this is not time for history lesson, but would love to give some context about what is general counsel, and then also what is fine arts. We've got some teenagers here at National Fine Arts being able to use their gifts, and uh, would yeah, just would love to explain all of that. What is general counsel, Logan? Yeah, it's a great question. It's, as you mentioned, it's every other year, conference, convention. Um, there's a lot that happens here. So like you mentioned, fine arts, that happens every year, but it's co it's combined with that. And so general council is a time where all the credentialed ministers in the Assemblies of God, not only in the United States, but really the U.S. is the the centerpiece of the World Assemblies of God as well. Although there are other denominations or other um, you know, sections of that around the yep. world that are have their own superintendents and their own leadership. Many look to the U.S. Assemblies of God for leadership. It's based out of Springfield, Missouri. And so uh, Pastor Rob, he's actually on the executive presbytery, basically the board of directors. Uh, it's an elected position, but the board of directors for the Assemblies of God. And so uh, it, we come together every other year to talk about business. If there's theology that needs to be clarified, if there are new positions, the superintendent, because currently it's Doug Clay, he's not up for election this time, but uh, they lead the movement. There's different directors that work in Springfield overseeing Assemblies of God World Missions, overseeing the finances, overseeing the credentialing process, yep. as well as U.S. missions, how we take care of the needs in our own country. And so there's all those different positions that are voted on. There's business that's taken care of to make sure if there's resolutions, let's say there's a theological stance that maybe over the years has become unclear because of culture, this is a time where we as a denomination can clarify that or talk about, hey, here's some examples of how this, this question's coming up and there's a resolutions committee. I won't bore everyone with all those details, but really it's a time, I think even more so, to just connect with other people in our movement. Yep. You know, here, even in the convention hall we're recording in right now, if you hear some noise in the background, that's what it is. But there's, I mean, there's probably 10,000 people in just this hall. Yeah, but there's this area. There's like 40,000 people at this event Total. between students for fine arts, parents, pastors. And so it's a huge event. And that's kind of the context around general counsel. You want to talk about fine arts? Yeah, uh, fine arts is, is something that I grew up doing. And as a pastor's kid, every other year, our vacation was going to general counsel. So uh, I know you're jealous listening, like you wish that was your upbringing. You oh, had to yeah. go to general counsel every other year. Uh, but it was our summer vacation and it happens around the country. Many times it's in Orlando, which is fun. And this year's Columbus. And when you are a, a teenager in and Assemblies of God Church, many churches offer something that's called fine arts. And it's it's this competition, this godly, friendly competition yeah. that happens at a district level or a state level, just like many other sports and activities that happen in the school system and in communities. The church, the Assemblies of God Church has fine arts. And so what happened earlier this year for our students was the, the Minnesota District Fine Arts Competition and you bring your gift. And so there's all these different categories from photography to human videos, to drama, to preaching, to singing, worship team, choir, 
there, there's dozens and dozens of categories of competition in the arts and our teenagers competed all of our campuses offer the ability to participate in fine arts and so maybe your parent listening go i didn't even know that that was a thing i didn't know that was possible yes your teenager can participate in fine arts go to districts and then the ones that are are it, each category is judged and if you're judged and saying hey you you competed at a level that that gets you to nationals uh it's not that there's winners and losers but er everything is judged and then you can go to nationals if you're if you compete well enough and now this is where national fine arts happens national fine arts happens every year general council happens every other and so when general council is happening it's combined and so you you do you bring your gift or your category or your art to nationals and you can win uh so technically when it's all said and done there is the winner of short sermon or drama or large group human video or small worship team did you participate when you were a kid? Oh, yeah. When I was a senior in high school, I brought seven categories to nationals. Seven? Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I was... Legend. I, I, I love fine I didn't arts, know I was in, this, in the presence no, of royalty, listen, man. Listen, uh, I think Ben Cruz beats me. Ooh. Uh, so if you know Pastor Ben Cruz, one of our worship... Uh, actually, our lead worship pastor, uh, he... I think he brought more categories, and he helps lead with yeah. He does with a great Emily job. Havens, with Bella, with uh, many other of our youth pastors. Uh, they they all work together, and then they lead our teenagers. Bring them here, so he's here. Emily's here. Uh, all of our youth pastors. So yeah, it's it's super fun to see the teenagers in the hallway, shouting, yelling, yeah. having fun from all around the country. Part of someone's got church. Yeah, we're at our booth here for the network and it's awesome just to see so many people from our church, students from our church that are coming up and hey, you know, I'm I'm doing this, you know, we were just talking, hey, do, can we leave after this podcast and go catch one of the short sermons from, yeah, yeah. you know, one of the girls from Shockbee and so it, it's a it's an amazing time and again, this every other year for us this rhythm, but but again, I think it's it's an acknowledgement that we're a part of something bigger, yep. right? And it's more than even just our church. And it's, you know, we have the River Valley Network, but we have fine arts and, and kind of on fine arts a little bit, you know, there there, there can be things and, and church, it's, I know that uh, like Christian movies or other things can sometimes have a bad rap and uh, maybe, maybe people have seen bad Christian movies in the past or they've seen bad Christian art or sometimes they're a bit yep. cheesy or a bit over the top. And I think because of that, we just have this attitude of, well, no, art from culture is cool and Christian art is not cool. And and personally, I think I, I on the surface, would like subscribe to that. Yeah. But, but I think part of it is maybe we're not creating enough space for people yep. to use the gifts that God has given them in a way that is unique and cool and fresh and exciting. And, and there's something about art that I think without it, we're missing an aspect of who God is, right? No, totally. And so, I mean, you, you obviously, you, you did worship, you've done preaching, I and mean, there's all different types of art, but maybe talk about for you and even as you've seen in others and through creative that how this expression, again, it doesn't always have to be in a, in a competition per se, but just a way to let people who maybe don't fit in the mold of always being the athlete or always being, you know, like using their gifts that God has given them. Yeah, I, 
just my my context or background is I grew up playing hockey and golf. Those were my sports, but I was way more musical and artistic. So I was in show choir, show band, marching band, jazz band. I played the quad. Did school. you see Kirk Cousins? Did you watch the quarterback series on yes, Netflix? I did. did you see him in his choir? Oh yeah, dude. He's singing, a legend. Seeing his like acapella group yeah. and, and I, I think he was in show choir. And then what I loved at the end of that seven seven episode little show on Netflix, uh, I, I felt like he represented the faith really well. He this did? is just like a side note tangent, but he was putting he was putting his son down to bed, and at the at the very end, he's saying, "On Christ the solid rock I stand. Yeah. All other ground is sinking sand." And I just love that Kirk Cousins like just bold. Right after faith. he lost a playoff game, right? Yeah, it's that like, same night. He's literally there with his son, and he's he, he. I mean, obviously they talked about the game and stuff, but. He was still there to read him his book and sing the song and say a prayer together. And I think that's a lesson in parenting, right? Like, well, I'm tired or I'm, you know, it was a long day at work. Like he just got the tar beat out of him, just lost in front of millions of people and goes home and sings his son to sleep that night. Like incredible. Yeah, it, it, it's awesome. So if you haven't watched that, that's, that's, I feel like that's fairly wholesome. Uh, at the, the parts that Kirk Cousins. Yeah, yeah. There's in. some language from the Mahomes um, Mahomes camp maybe maybe wouldn't recommend for the for the students without your parents consent but. hey something I would recommend to the whole church though speaking about Christian art uh, it's not necessarily a Christian movie but it's being promoted by many many in the faith community is the movie sound of freedom yeah and so I, I, I haven't seen it yet. did you see it I, I did see it I went by myself um, Kaylee Kaylee felt like it might be a little bit heavy we got young kids and, yeah and, but not to ignore what it's about it's about um, the realities of human trafficking and even child sex trafficking and so it, it it was not graphic in a way that would feel inappropriate or or disturbing the storyline and the realization of what happens in this world is very disturbing and so i it, it was difficult to watch but it is a powerful powerful movie and so uh something that i i really think would change your life and we Kingdom Builders supports many organizations that are fighting human trafficking, uh, A21 being one of them, uh, Project Rescue being another, uh, IJM being another. So if you're giving to Kingdom Builders, you're helping fight that same battle. But Sound of Freedom is art that is elevating something that's happening in our world, bringing greater awareness and more passion to fight something. And so we, we did a, a network podcast with Aaron Johnson, uh, Pastor Aaron, yeah. our creative pastor, and we talked about creativity in the church, but for the congregation listening, uh, when it comes to art, I, I really think art is a part of the nature of who God is. He's a creator. But we as creatives or creators, whether you're you're creative on an Excel spreadsheet, somebody after that podcast said, I felt so seen uh, as as an accountant uh, working in Excel spreadsheets because that's my art. I take it so seriously. And so as artists, whether you're an accountant or you're a songwriter or whatever it is you do, art cannot be the highest good but glorifying God and ministering to the people through your art should be the highest good. And right. so sometimes we live in this world that art's the highest good and and that takes precedence over everything else, um, over budgets, over relationships, over time, over uh, balance in life, over what, whatever else. And it's like, nope, glorifying God should be the highest good of our art and serving the people in our ministry. And so that's 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 what I talk about to our creative team is is we're not going to put art as the highest good, but I think 
the best art we'll ever create is when art is serving something else, serving our ability to glorify God or to serve our people. Right. And, and just staying on that topic a little bit, I think that sometimes in the church we get the rap that, oh, oh they're, they're cheapskates, right? Because yeah. in, in, in trying to be a good steward of God's resource, at times we feel like that means spending the least amount possible on things. And we try to be a really good steward in the way we build our buildings and the way we hire staff and the way that we, you know, pay for programming, right? But in the same way, I think if you do it too cheaply, again, we represent God. If your parking lot is in shambles with potholes because you don't want to pay for it, is that being a good witness to your neighbor, right? If, if your shingles are falling off your roof or if there's mold in your building or whatever it is, and again, I'm not trying to pick on buildings per se, but I was reading a book and they talked about how Soviet architecture was actually designed to destroy the human oh, spirit. Oh, yeah, kill you. And so you, if you go to Soviet-era architecture, it's very boring, it's bland, it's square. And then you go to Italy and you go to other places that, you know, from the Renaissance and, the, and different parts of this where the, the, throughout history where they're building these beautiful buildings. You Makes feel you something, alive, yeah. right? And I think that that's a small example. Of course, you can go over the top, but in the same way, do we want to be believers that the way we keep our houses or the way that we, like, we run our churches or even just with the gifts that God has given our kids. Like, no, we'll do it the cheapest, least way possible, whatever's the most most efficient and effective. And I think sometimes in America we can have that attitude. But you see a building in London or even some of the you know West Coast cities that are having better architecture. So, something comes alive in oh, you. Yeah. I, I, I believe this, that even back to the Ark of the Covenant or uh, the Tabernacle of Moses or the Temple of Solomon, uh, God gave us the ability, humans, to create something that houses his presence. Think about that. It's like the, he instructed these two guys to build the Ark of the Covenant that would sit in the Holy of Holies where the presence of God was. And I believe that that's true for us today in the church and even as business leaders or wherever you're at, even in your home. You can set up your home in a way to create an atmosphere that better houses the presence of God. Like right. You can... You, we can create atmospheres that God says, I'm going to enter there. Or he's going to go, nope, I want nothing to do with that atmosphere. And I've said this before in different settings, but it's not just with the things you hang on the wall or the paint colors or how you set up your furniture and all, all of that feng shui stuff. Also, it has to do with who you are in that atmosphere, the your heart and attitude and spirit and how you created it. Like I remember we're, we were building a home, my wife and I, for our family, and we, we would walk that home when it was just studs and a, and a frame. Uh, and we would pray over that. And we wrote scriptures on our two by fours. There's a, there's a heart and the spirit. And it's not the ink that was on the two by four that we wrote the scriptures. It was the fact that we were putting prayer into it and just believing that that's going to help create this atmosphere. Lord, fill this home. Lord, fill our business. Lord, fill our church. Um, and I want to create an atmosphere that the Lord wants to come into. And nothing creates atmosphere more, especially in the family, than the words we say or don't say. And so it's not just what's hung on the walls, but it's also the words we use while we're in what we created. So yeah, that's so good. I, it, you know, scripture talks about how our bodies are temples as well. 
and it's mind, body, soul, spirit. It's what we create. It's the work that we do. And, and I think as Christians, even for me in, in my own life, as I've learned more about scripture and understood it better, the more I realize um, there's a, a TV show called Manifest and they'd say, it's all connected. And it's like very unbiblical, but like it's about this I don't know, whatever. I won't get into it. But it's on Netflix. It's a good show. It's yeah, not, let's it's, spend the next hour talking no, about it. Though. It's like, it's clean. It's fine. But um, they just use like scripture in ways you're like, ah, that's not true. But scripture is all connected in who we are, our, yeah. my, our everything that we do that we offer up to God. And so I just think for some people, they may be feeling like their work is insignificant or they're like, oh, I'm not in ministry or I'm not a missionary or I'm not whatever it is. We're comparing it to all these other people. But God has given, again, we talked about the gifts last week about the gifts of the spirit, but even just the gifts of that God has given people to be artists, to be creative, to be, to help people flourish, to be lifters, all those things. I just, I hope that people get that, yeah. that everyone is unique and imprinted by God as the creator, but it, we're not, we're, we're very similar genet or genetically, yeah. but we're very unique in our personalities. And I oh, just yeah. think that's a gift, like bring the gift that God gave you to the world, you know? Big time. So yeah, couldn't agree more. This uh, this weekend, uh, Logan, we'll get to questions. This weekend, though, Pastor Rob taught on First Peter chapter five, and I, I, I just want to highlight if you missed this weekend, highlight that he put an apron on. Yep. And he just he he talked about the fact that it's hard to wear an apron and to act like you're king of the world. Right. Basically, and I just think that that's who Jesus is. That's who we should be. Um, I have so much respect for just that object lesson and just in general, people that wear aprons because that's in hospitality industry, that's in gardening, that's in cooking, that's in, you know, you're coming with this mentality to serve. And I'm just bringing it up so that whenever you're listening to this podcast during the week, you're reminded from this last weekend's message that even if you're a CEO, even if you earn a high income, even if you're you know, at home, even if you're a single person on your own, having this mentality that life's not about me, I'm here to serve. Right. And we're talking about how art, art should be created to serve, but everything that we do should be to serve the Lord and to serve others. Yeah. I was at the hotel, you know, I said, hey, could you hold these bags for me? And the person behind, she said, oh, I'd love to. I'd, 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 like, I don't know what she what she said exactly, but it was like, I'd be honored to do that. And I was just like, you'd be honored to store my luggage for me while I go do this thing. And I think that we as believers can be that wherever we are. I mean, we've all been at restaurants where the server just goes over the top and is kind. Again, I think the hardest part is when you're having a bad day. Yep. And I think that's why I love bringing up the Kirk Cousins thing, where it's like, it, we shouldn't change based upon our circumstances. Yep. God's our foundation, what he's done for us before. But it's, it's harder than we realize to live it out every day. But I think it's being grounded, being in, in the word of God, you know, leaning into what he's speaking to you, receiving what the Holy Spirit's speaking over the weekend to all the different people. I mean, obviously, as people are kneeling over this weekend, hearing about humility and, you know, even Monday, tested about humility man yeah. that you know on, on the flight oh that shouldn't have been that way or oh if only they would have treated me that way and it's like this constant reminder of the humility and so god god's just speaking over and over again and i think when we're attentive and when we're listening and our our focus is on him then our focus can be reaching other people but it really comes to humbling ourselves a lot yeah uh, yeah there's not enough time to talk about it but i'm i'm finishing up the book strong fathers strong daughters and 
it talks about you as a dad living humbly and there's 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 no greater way that your kids are going to live it out other than you living it by example it's right. not even so much teaching on humility as much as it is living humbly that is what that is what multiplies it to the people so if you're listening and you're a parent or you're just a leader in general more people are looking at you than you realize yeah. and how you live is going to be multiplied and multiplied back to you. Man, I'm just surrounded by all prideful people. You should look at how you're living right. uh, because I believe who you are is multiplied back to you um, in, in your in your family, in the workplace, wherever you go, who you are is multiplied back to you. And so I, I love the topic of servant leadership, love the topic of humility, and less so teaching it and let's live it out got one question here and then uh, we'll get to prayer and praise and maybe we'll get to some more questions next week but Nathaniel asks how to find a wife oh my goodness important question this is what I would say uh, it's a great question F- finding uh, finding a spouse and pursuing biblical marriage is a good and godly thing so if you're if you're a, a guy looking for a wife if you're a girl looking for a husband, that's a good and godly thing. That That's not a bad desire. We live in a world right now where uh, it feels like pursuing biblical pursuits and having godly desire is almost viewed as bad or evil. Or even having kids these days is like viewed yeah. as like you're, <laughs> you're overpopulating the world and and it's, it's, it's yeah. killing our planet. Right. It's like, nope, uh, you can have kids and that's a good and godly thing. You can pursue a spouse. That's a good and godly thing. I would say this. I tell this to a lot of people. Be, be planted in a local church. Make sure you're loving the Lord. I think for me, it was it was when I was really pursuing the Lord above everything else that I, in that context, I met Kaylee. And I was, sur- I was at uh, school pursuing becoming a worship leader, and I was participating, serving in a local church regularly. And I was participating in a young adult ministry, and I met Kaylee, my, my now wife, and she was serving in that young adult ministry. And so a lot of times I'll tell people, are you loving the Lord? Are you serving in the context of a local church? Put your head down. So don't get overexcited about looking, looking, looking. Where is she? Where is she? Where is she? Keep your head down. And when you feel prompted by the Lord to pick your head up, see who's doing the same thing as you. Who, who also is loving the Lord, serving in the local church, using their gifts to glorify God, and if you see somebody that's doing the same thing, are you attracted to them? Then pursue them. Like for the guy, pursue that person. Like this person that's asking, ask her on a date to get to know her um, and, and, and pursue that. If, if, you, if you put your head up and you don't see anybody that's doing the same thing, don't, don't get too concerned or worried. Put your head down. Are you in the place that God wants you? That's, that's all that matters. Keep doing what you're doing. And then as you're prompted again by the Lord, pick your head back up. Do you see somebody who's doing the same thing? There's, you know, being being the Minneapolis campus pastor, now city campus pastor, for the few years that I was, I, I officiated over 40 weddings. And many of those weddings were young people that I told the same advice to. Are you loving the Lord? Are you serving the local church? Are you using your gifts to glorify God? Put your head down, serve. Every once in a while, look up as you're prompted by the Holy Spirit. See who's doing the same thing. If you're attracted to that person, you want to get to know them more, then pursue that yeah. and see what would come of it. Yeah, so and, and best advice I can give. 
one thing I'd add to that that is hard. You know, we're both married, and singleness is a is a big topic. And I think that being confident in your in who you are and not not looking for a spouse to complete you, yep. I think is a way to actually find a spouse, yep. right? To be confident, but also recognizing that your fulfillment and purpose in life is not because of a spouse. Yep. And I think that sometimes people who are struggling, who, who have that desire, because some people say, I just don't have that desire. I don't think that's sinful to yeah. not have a desire to marry and say, I feel like God is calling me to that's, do this. That's or I, an important point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just, right. like, I don't, I don't feel like that's for me. That's not wrong. That's not like, now again, culturally, maybe it's not as common. Like, I don't want to just dismiss the fact that it's like, oh, it's totally, like, I'm sure people who have been single for a long time say, no, there is maybe a stigma in our culture, but that's not a biblical stigma. Bib- just because biblical marriage is good and godly doesn't mean that biblical singleness is not. Right, exactly. And I think a lot of times both camps, so to speak, play this exclusivity to each other yep. that one is better. And now Paul does say, it's, and this is the verse that a lot of people are confused about. He says, it's better to be single than not to marry. But if you, basically, if you have too much passion that you can't withhold yourself from, from sin, then you should marry. And I think some people look at that verse as a very like, oh, see, ha ha. What Paul's point is saying, and, and you see this throughout scripture, is that you, the best thing to do is to serve the Lord. Yep. The most important thing to do is be obedient to what God is saying. And just by default, when you have committed a covenant relationship with someone else, it is harder to be obedient to the difficult things God is asking you to do because you essentially have to convince someone else and then you have children. Whereas if you're a single person, you don't have to ask anybody else. You can just be obedient. However, you can also do that in marriage and grow a family and, and raise up people who are godly men and women to flourish and to populate the earth and to be examples and witnesses. And so I, I just think the theology around that, again, is, is an important thing to point at is the theology is not get married just because the Bible says be fruitful and multiply. And just because he who finds a wife is a, finds a good thing. Those are all, those can also be true in singleness. So I think the confidence there, but then asking God, I, I think is an important point. If you don't have the desire to be married, then you don't have to pray for that. God, give me the desire. Maybe he hasn't given you that desire. But on the on the flip side, if you have that desire, then God, would you open that door to, for, for me to find a spouse? That's not a wrong thing to pray for. So I just think that, again, sometimes understanding that can be helpful to say, oh, I'm not wrong either way. If I'm 27 or I'm 35 or I'm 48 yeah, yeah. and I'm single, oh, I've lived a horrible life. <laughs> it's not true at all. You can live a flourishing life. Yep. For some, it's to marry. For others, it's not. Maybe in our culture, it's more common that that is the case. But it's not a it's not a theological stance. So. Yeah, yeah. I would say to that that question, it is. I I do think it's increasingly difficult to find a spouse today because of the world we're living in, and it's it's for another conversation. But I think I think there's a lot of, uh, and this is not even about transgenderism. What I'm about to say, there's a lot of girls being raised to be boys. Right. There's a lot of boys being raised to be girls. What do I mean by that? I mean there's masculinity and femininity are now confused and mashed together in the same and uh, boys can do anything that a girl would want to do and girls can do anything that a boy would want to do and uh, it's again for another conversation but what is biblical what what is a biblical man and what is a biblical woman and yeah. I think to this question become the man that your ideal wife is looking for 
and vice versa. Become the woman that your ideal husband is looking for. And uh, I, I think we're living in a world right now that uh, that's happening less and yeah. less and less. And that's, that, that, that's like a touchy subject. No, but and, and maybe some people are even flustered a little bit by what you said, but I think there's an important point that you made. You said biblical manhood, biblical womanhood. Yes. There's a difference between cultural, because I think that there's, there's this beautiful thing that happened in culture that actually was, hey, you don't, you don't have to, you know, wear pink to be a girl, or you don't have yeah. to, like, if you play sports, you know, yeah. like, that's what boys do. I think, I think that's helpful. Yep. Is no you like I mean even your your two girls they're yep. they're different right oh, yeah yep. and and Adley and Ivy they're different yeah but that's that's awesome because God made them different totally. and that but it doesn't make them any less of a woman yes and so I think that those are things that are important distinctions for people to say oh like I who who am I yeah. and then would I like if if I were my spouse would I marry me. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. like, would I be somebody that I was attracted to? And again, it's hard to think about that, but would, would I recommend to my sister or my brother? And, and I think that's, that's a fair a question. Too. To someone I love, would I want them to be with me? And so, again, that's for another time. We'll maybe talk about that in the future. But I do, speaking, of, great speaking of praying for spouse, praying for things, want to end with prayer here. Um, but reading from just some prayer requests from different campuses, from Egan Campus. Amanda took a leap of faith left a toxic work environment, praying that the right situation would come. Sheila, she broke her left hand and right wrist, praying healing of those bones, health and safety over my family and friends, spiritual revival in my family, starting with my father, amen. Yep. Woodbury Campus, praying for someone's husband that I know, that his visa paperwork would go through quickly and that they'd be able, because she's, oh, she's taking care of a newborn. Yep. So wants the husband to get a visa, praying for that. Praying for anxiety to break off of a teenage girl in our family whose life is unstable. Minatrista, praying for clarity from me so that I know uh, that God could speak to me during chapel when I'm in school. I want to know that God is asking me, he's maybe asking me to share something and I want him to give me words for that. Praying for a job interview for someone else coming up this week, praying for that, whether it happened already or it's happening here in a few days, praying for you. Chaska, come on, Chaska's got prayer requests. Oh yeah, I love it. Praying for my daughters. She's switching youth groups. Asking for deep connections, you know, moving campuses. Yeah, that she would. Yeah, she'd find find connection. Uh, another one, global team leaving for Argentina, uh, going with Pastor Dave and Katie, praying for that. Uh, and then, hey, look at this, praying for everyone at General Council, all that God is doing there. So they were praying they're for pray, us. They're praying for they're us. They're praying for us. Uh, couple more here, Fairbo, uh, praying for Patty. She needs healing from addiction. Caring for her, praying for my daughter who's also in treatment. We need answers for them. Amen. Uh, praying for Tracy, healing in my body from fibromyalgia, the chronic pain that comes with it. Praying for healing for her. Linda as well, she's going to a surgeon. Praying for her as well. And then uh, Maple Grove, healing from trauma and reconciliation to happen with my children. Praying for mental health, clarity for her. So Kirk, would you end in prayer for them? And then obviously we will listen and end with a song as always. Yeah, let's pray together. Lord, I thank you that you are God that does miracles and we're surrounded right now by 40,000 people that believe the same thing, that God, you are a God of miracles and you're able to answer prayer. And some needs that we face in this life and some of the needs that were read are just a result of, of life and being in a fallen world. Uh, and then some, some of these needs are the result of a spiritual attack of the enemy. And I just pray right now uh, the scripture that no weapon formed against me will prosper. And I pray that over each one of these needs that uh, especially the ones that are a, a spiritual attack on the lives of the people of our church. Lord, I pray that no weapon formed against them would prosper, that they would have victory in Christ, 
Lord, that you would protect these people, that you would surround these people, you would fill them with your spirit, you would give peace that surpasses understanding, and that they would be safe from the attack of the enemy. Lord, would you meet these needs and the thousands more that are represented in our congregation and our church? And even though we're in Columbus, Ohio, as we pray, we're we're believing for our church in the Twin Cities area right now. We pray over our church, uh, and I'm so grateful to be to be a part of this church called River Valley. I love each and every person, those that I know and those that I don't know. God, would you move in their lives in a powerful way? I pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen.
Thanks for listening to the River Valley Podcast. It would help us out a ton if you could rate and review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and also share it with somebody. We hope that this isn't just for people in our church. We hope that this is people far beyond that, but we know that people in our church maybe don't even know about it yet. We're talking about it on weekends. We're sharing in announcements, but maybe you're a listener, but someone in your small group isn't or someone at your campus. So would you send it to them, share it with them so that they can receive this and then rate it wherever you listen so that more people can find this podcast. If you have questions about faith, about church, about belief, about theology, about the Bible, please submit your questions. You can find us on Instagram at River Valley MN. You can also uh, email us, fi- finding us on our website, rivervalley.org. Please, we want to hear your questions so that we can continue to answer those or at least respond to them here on the podcast. And again, thank you for listening. We'll see you in church this weekend. Thank you.